Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Marcus and Melina De La Cruz. We hope that you'll be blessed by today's message. Thank you all. Wow. Praise the Lord. Glover, you can be seated. My goodness, good to see you guys. I'll try not to forget that you're over there. I don't know if somebody else was speaking to you or not. No, I'm just kidding. We'll we'll tilt for you. Um, Fifteen years, I offer my congratulations, and I'm happy to be here celebrating that with you guys. Um, Milestones are important, you know, and not don't want to restate everything that was just said, but uh, it's no small thing. It's no small thing that you're here, that you're still here. Amen. And uh, if you learn to see things the way God sees things, then uh, you would see the significance of all this. Thank you for your in, thank you for your participation tonight, your enthusiasm. Uh, maybe I should say it again. Maybe I said if you see things the way God sees things, you you would see the significance of this. How many know? Um, Somebody could come in here that's not trained in spiritual things and they'd look and they'd say, well, this is like, you know, this is like a little group. It's like an uh, like an AA meeting or something like that. You know, it's just it's just a a little gathering and they think it's very insignificant based on maybe the numbers of people attending. But, you know, uh, on the day of Pentecost, there wasn't but 120 people. And it rocked the world. I mean, it went around the world and around the world and around the world. Yes, amen. amen. So don't don't think for a second that anything here is insignificant yes. or small. This learn to see things big. Yes. I don't I don't know all your pastor's particular vision. That's their job to share that with you. But I, I'll just say uh, we're not in a day where we need to be thinking small, where we need to be thinking little. You know, and I know pastor said, well, we're not after numbers. I get, and, and I understood what he's saying, meaning he doesn't want numbers just for the sake of, of bodies filling a seat. Because how many know if that's the case, you don't even need living people. You could just get corpses. You could, you could get, get the funeral home to help us out and fill the seats. That's numbers, right? But uh, he, what he's after is fruit. But how many know we want all the fruit that can be had? I mean, we want all the fruit. So how many people's in Porterville? I said, how many people's in Porterville? 65,000? How many are we trying to reach? Are you going to reach all of them? No, you're, you're most likely not going to reach all of them. But set yourself toward it. Why not all of them? Why not reach? Somebody's, I mean, somebody's got to reach everybody. Jesus can't come back until folk know. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, I mean, uh, it, it's, a, it's a great night to celebrate and uh, exciting, exciting for me to be here. And uh, I came, I, I came a couple hours. Some of y'all came from distances and we're just going to get all we came for. How about you? I'm, I'm getting all I came for and I'm not even sure what I came for, but I'm getting it all. I'm getting it all. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, I was reminded when the pastors were just speaking about this scripture over in 1 Timothy um, 4-ish. <laughs> that talks about your profiting appearing to all. Yes. Anybody know that scripture? Yes. 
that your profiting may appear. Meditate on these things, right? Give yourself wholly to them that your profiting. Profit means is the same as progress. It's a, it's a forward movement that your profiting may appear to all. How many can say that you've seen some profiting in the lives of your pastors over the years? Those of you that have been around, you've seen the blessing of the Lord on them. You've seen God do things for them. You know why? You know why their profiting appears to all? So that you can be encouraged that what God's done for their faithfulness, he'll do for your faithfulness. All you have to do is obey God consistently. Month after month, year after year, be, be where he's told you to be, doing what he's told you to do. You hear me? And his blessing will come on you. His blessing will be on you. How many know that if that's not the case, then that means God's not a respect. Then that means God is a respecter of persons when he said he's not. Right? He's never failed. He's never failed. Amen. And he rewards faithfulness. Is all the reward here on earth? No. You get some of you get you get plenty of reward in heaven, and that's no small thing either. Yeah. Amen. If you're smart, if you're smart, any smart people here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean like five people in the congregation, right? <laughs> Okay, let's, let's, let's break it down then. Let's break it down. Anybody understand English here? Or at least have translation. Okay. Then if I ask if anybody's smart, I'm not saying you need a PhD. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, do you have some sense about you? Is anybody smart? Thank you. And some still won't raise your hand, which means... Dumb. But anyhow, smart people prepare for what's up ahead. Smart people make preparation. Don't you know that in the natural, isn't that the case? That uh, smart, it's smart people that have prepared for retirement. They've prepared for uh, co- if, they're, if they're saving for their kids' college. You, you don't wait until the day before they enroll and say, Let's, do we have any money? Well, what do you do? You make preparation. You, you want to go on a uh, you want to go on a cruise. You want to go on a trip. What do you do? You you prepare. You prepare. Well, what are you going to have in heaven? Anybody making preparation? You, well, you're saved. That's good. You're going. But are you laying up anything against the time to come that the Bible talks about? <laughs> How are you going to make it when you get there? You might say, I thought all the food was free in heaven. I I thought all the places to live was free. How are you going to make it when you get to heaven? You're going to need some. There's reward for you in heaven based, eternal reward based on what you do here. I said there is, is there not anybody? Am I, am I, am I just blowing the Bible to pieces here and not? No, is that not true? There is reward eternally. But how many know God will give you some reward here? Yes. Anyhow, that's not my message tonight, but I thought it would encourage you. But evidently, it encouraged only the smart ones. Make preparation. The things you do. I'll tell you what. um, 
I'd li- I like being blessed here on earth. I'm not going to lie about it. I mean, I'm, I'm, glad when, um, I'm glad when the roof's not falling in. I've lived in a home where the, we woke up one night. I was telling somebody this not, re- not too long ago, but I've preached about uh, so far 20 times in the last week. So I don't exactly know who I said it to. But uh, I was telling people about one of the homes that we, that we lived in, and we woke up to a crashing noise one night. And uh, there was a little sitting room off of our master bedroom and the ceiling fell in because the roof needed to be replaced so bad and it was raining. And my wife was like, what was that? I said, uh, the ceiling fell down. Go back to sleep. <laughs> I like when that's not the case. I like when the ceiling stays up, when the water rolls right off the roof onto the ground instead of coming in the house. I like being blessed here. But, you know, I'm more, I'll tell you what I'm more interested in, setting, up, setting myself up for eternity where we will rule cities one day. I mean, eternity is, wow. Wow, that's all I'll say. And so, uh, praise God, what you do here matters. Fruit, fruit matters. We want much fruit. Tell me again, somebody, how many folk in Porterville are we after? All of them go into all the world and preach the gospel. Anybody going to help tonight in the service? Go, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Everyone needs to hear the good news. Amen. Hallelujah. And it's not just the pastor's job. Amen. Praise him anyhow. Um, listen, I'm going to call your attention to some of the books we have out there. And uh, those, I, we didn't send a lot. So buy what's here if you like them. This one is called Simple Faith. That's all. It is a, uh, God shared some things with me about the subject of faith. And uh, has, has faith blessed anybody's life yes. over the years? It, it, how many know you couldn't get saved without it? Yes. Right? For by grace are you saved through, very good, through faith, but uh, there are principles to faith, and there's, there's a way to work this thing called faith rightly, and there's a way to misuse it, misrepresent it. This will help, this will help keep you straight on that, so that's back there. This, is, this book is one of our, kind of like our all-time, I say all-time, I mean, we've had it for about eight, nine years now, but it has been, it's blessed a lot of people. It's my wife's favorite book. It's called Filled. The Supernatural Results of the Spirit-Filled Life. And uh, we'll say some more things about that in a little bit. And then one of the most interesting books I've been involved in is when the, the last time we had a big round of uh, racial unrest in the country and everybody was putting their statements out, condemning this, condemning that. And, and I told the Lord, just, at, just in passing, I said, you know, I'm not going to say anything online or anywhere else about this for or against or anything like that. Unless you tell me, because I would remember that how many of Jesus only said what he heard his father say. I said, so I'm not going to be pressured to say something about, uh, so, you know, a, a pretty divisive subject. And, and the Lord, when I said that, the spirit of God on the inside prompted me, go get your computer. And he, it was like he dictated this book to me. Easiest thing I ever wrote. It's called, They Shouldn't Have to Ask, Reflections on Race, Rights, and Equality. It's a real, it's a shorter book. It's an easy read. And uh, the, the, all three people that have read it have said it's really, really, really good. 
Thank you, sis. Praise God. I'm going to give you this too so I don't start reading it, whatever it is. Bless him. How many of you got your Bibles here tonight? Good. When you come to church, we, we encourage you. Of course, I always encourage folk uh, at our church, bring your Bible with you. Even if we put the words on the screen, get the book in you. Learn how to turn in it. Learn how to find stuff in it. You, we wouldn't know hardly anything about God without this book. And I'm telling you, people's blood was shed so we could have this. This is, an, this is the most amazing. This will rock your world, change your life. Amen. Amen. This, is, this is everything. Well, we, we get to hear, uh, Paul said, when you received the gospel we preached to you, you, we, you received it not as the words of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually works in you that believe. So this, this is, I like to say, it's God speaking to me. Hmm? You need his words. I need his words. His words are spirit and his words are life. And every time you take in the word of God, you're taking in life to yourself. Amen. It's true anyhow. This morning, if you'll recall, I, I began what I felt like was, was my assignment for these series of meetings. Um, and what the Lord put on my heart was to get us better at being spirit beings. Because when we think of spirit beings, what do we think of usually? Demons, angels, God, right? But what about you? Well, we're human beings. Well, stop. <laughs> You're, you, you, weren't, you were never meant to be merely human. Only human. You and I are spirit beings. Uh, how do we know that? First Thessalonians, we won't turn there, but First Thessalonians 5, the 23rd verse, says uh, Paul was praying. He said, I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Didn't he say that? Huh? Check me out. See if I'm wrong. First, First Thessalonians 5, 23 does say that. Any, any of you know that to be the case? I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and and body. Over in Hebrews chapter 4, the 12th verse says the word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, right? Piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. So if soul and spirit can be divided or distinguished, right? If they can be distinguished, then are they the same thing? Are they interchangeable? No, they're not interchangeable. They're, they're, they're two distinct areas. He wouldn't have mentioned spirit soul and body if we're just two-part beings it, it's um interesting to me and i can understand and, and when we get into some things tonight you'll you'll understand how this can be but it's it's interesting how such a majority of the body of christ and i'm talking about born again people bible believing people good people saved but they believe we're just body and soul i grew up as a uh, jazz musician jazz saxophonist and I, I mean I played for for I for over 30 years I played in different places that I live I played professionally as a jazz saxophonist one of the songs we would play is this old song called body and soul <laughs> I mean you know no I'm not going to get on there <laughs> body and soul well that's okay for a a 
jazz song. But there's more to us than body and soul. Matter of fact, the main part of you is spirit, right? right? You have a spirit, or we could say it this way, you are a spirit being. You have a soul. You live in a body. We took time this morning, and we'll do it again real briefly, to define what we're talking about because the body's so easy to figure out, right? It's your earth suit. It's, it's the, you got hair on it. You got toenails on it, right? I mean, that's all your body. How many, anybody here, you're confused as to what part your body is? Because I'll come pinch you and you'll be able to locate your body, right? That's the body. And then the spirit is the part of you that's been recreated as a, as a Christian. It's been recreated in the image of God. It's your inner man. Peter called it the hidden man of the heart. Where the confusion lies is the soul, which is your thoughts and your feelings. Your soul is also part of what we call your inner man. The soul and the spirit are on the inside of your body. And the way to tell the difference, well, you have to get strong enough spiritually your spirit is how you contact God. It's how, you, it's how you get to know Him and have real, tangible experience with God. How many here you say, you'd say that at some point in your Christian life, you, you can, you can uh, say that you've sensed God's presence in a tangible way? Maybe, maybe you sensed Him. Maybe it's when you first heard the gospel and got saved that you sensed. Because I can tell you this, this Jewish boy who was raised going to Hebrew school and thought Christians were wacko. When I received Christ, I mean, I remember hearing the gospel. I remember the first time my friend Felipe took me to church in, uh, I don't know why you're laughing, but anyhow, he took me to church in uh, North Miami, Florida and took me to a revival at this church, Good Baptist Church. And uh, they were preaching the word of God. And I mean, I sensed, I sensed something. I wasn't even born again, but I sensed God. You know, as a, uh, as a young Jew, I would go to, they didn't, they didn't call it Sunday school because they didn't want to sound like the churches. They actually called it religious school. <laughs> and so on Sundays, we would have religious school, but the Sabbath, you know, was Friday night to Saturday night. Well, on Sundays, we'd go to this, we'd go to religious school. How many does that sound as unappetizing to you as it does to me now? But we'd go to religious school and I would get so bored that I would like, try, I'd do anything I could to get out. I have to go to the bathroom, whatever. And I would, I would get them to release me and I would actually go into the sanctuary of our Jewish temple where they had uh, the scriptures were kept in something called an ark. The lights were all out in the sanctuary, but there was always a light. They called it the eternal light that was on this ark, which was just basically a little enclave cut out where they had the Torah, the scriptures. And those were up there. And I would just sit in the back and sit there and sense God. How many know that the first five books of Moses is still the word of God? And anything God spoke is alive and his presence is on it. And I would say, I would, I sensed God before I was even saved. That's my point. But it's funny, Christians get saved, get in church, and then no longer sense God anymore. Huh? 
Why? Because the intellect, see, when I didn't know anything when I first heard about God and I could sense God, and what was he doing? He was trying to draw me to himself, yes. right? But then you can get in church, and I'm not saying going to church is the wrong thing. It's, it's not. It's the right thing to do. Just, just the right church is what you want. But I'd go to church, and, and uh, you'd see all these people. They got so religiously educated that they no longer even sense God's presence. Yeah. But how many know when the, on the music tonight yeah. and this morning, yeah. that music, because it was glorifying God, it carried His presence. Yeah. And you could sense, how many did? Yeah. You could sense God's presence. Well, with what part of your being did you sense that presence? You might say, well, it gave me goosebumps. Well, that's not the first place God's... It may have given you goosebumps physically, yeah. right? But you sensed Him on the inside in your spirit. Now, the soul, your thoughts and feelings, I'll reiterate what I said this morning. They can swing either direction and they can pair up with your spirit or they can swing the other direction and pair up with your flesh with your body your body has something called the nature of your flesh right everybody here should know about the flesh nature when you get irritated at somebody that was your flesh huh when you had when you had to have that second bowl of ice cream that was your flesh that your physical desires flesh 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 and if your flesh is stronger than your spirit then your soul, that third part of you that'll go either way, your soul will go over there and, and side in with your flesh. Remember we talked about that? And, but if your spirit's stronger, your soul, your thoughts, and your feelings will align with your spirit. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so we want to get good at being spirit beings where our spirit is strong. Now, I said I was, giving you, I was giving you three different areas. This morning we talked about this, that if you, if you want to be good at being a spirit being, you need to be spiritually developed, right? You need, to, you need to grow spiritually and develop spiritually. I won't review all that, but you can go back and read that. Second thing, though, I want to talk about tonight, I'm going to have you turn to Ephesians, the third chapter, if you would. And God is helping us tonight. Now, how many, how many know, friends, that uh, it's not just what God wants to do here tonight that'll change you. It's not just what I've prepared tonight. But how many know it's what you, you will receive? Whether, whether or not you receive and to what degree you receive, that will affect your life. You know, the Word of God can completely change your life tonight. But only if you'll receive it. How many know receiving the word is not the same as arguing with the word? Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you can't question what we preach. In fact, I'd rather you do. <laughs> Meaning that if you, have, if you have questions, study, talk to God, search it out, read the Bible. I'm not, I'm not scared of folk reading the Bible. I want you to read the Bible. <laughs> There's some churches that they say don't read it. Huh? Uh, that's we run we run from those we run to to these praise the lord so the first thing like i said this morning you you need to spiritually develop you need to be spiritually developed the second area we want to talk about tonight is you need to be spirit filled you need to be spirit 
filled. And we'll give you some scripture to help you along these lines. Uh, now, some Christians might say, I don't believe in being spiritual, spirit-filled. That's your problem. And that's a problem, and you'll see why. Over in Ephesians chapter 3, did you find it? All right. Anybody saying amen over here, or am I just not hearing you? You are, okay, just... You know, it's, it's just nice to know folk are on your side, but not so far on my side, off to the side. That... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, if, I, if I read this chapter, it's not going to be the same as you have because I'm in Philippians 3, but I want Ephesians 3. I do want you in Ephesians 3. There it is. There it is. And you know the prayer, right? In Ephesians, this is Paul praying for the church. Um, enormously important prayers that Paul prayed for the church. And how many know if he prayed it for the church at Ephesus? Wouldn't it apply to the church in Porterville? Yes. Yeah. How many know if it only applied to Ephesus, why did they put it in the Word? Yeah. Right? There's a, I, you got to believe there's all kinds of things Paul prayed for other churches. Yeah. In fact, there's letters he even wrote to churches that aren't in the Word. Yeah. Yeah. He, he wrote a letter to Laodicea. Yeah. It's not in here. Why? Couldn't they find it? No, it wasn't that. It just didn't belong in the New Testament. God, God led people to very, very strongly to get the right things in here uh, because they apply to all. So in the 14th verse, he says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. How many know the body of Christ is a family? Part of that family's in heaven. Part of that family's on earth. Right? That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. His his glory speaks of his manifest presence. According to the riches of his rich manifested presence. To be strengthened with might. You with me? Be strengthened with might by his spirit. In the inner man. Where's your inner man? It's inside you. It's such an easy, that's the easiest question that we've ever had on a test, right? Your inner man, it's, there's a man on the inside. It's not just, you are not just your body. The real you is the man on the inside. Your body is the house you live in. When you die... The Bible says the spirit without the body or the body without the spirit is dead. When your spirit leaves your body and your soul goes with it. Amen. That's the real you. Your body's no longer you. you if, and, and if it happened here, which Jesus let it not happen here tonight. You know what I'm saying? Because I just don't want to go through that. But, uh, but if it happened here and, and you just, it was time for you to check out. Your spirit and soul would leave your body and your body would become lifeless, right? And you look down and you'd wave in your body and say, I guess that's over. And say, good, thank you for everything. It was been fun. And to be absent from the body, what's Philippians 1 say? To be absent from the body 
is to be present with the Lord. And trust me, you would, have, you would not have any desire to get back in your physical body. Now, you will, when you're, when you're resurrected, you will get back in your physical body. But it'll be, it'll, it'll be completely restored. It'll be in good shape. Trust me, you'll like it. Amen. Why did we say all that anyhow? Because talking about your inner man. Strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That Christ, Christ the anointed one. And that word Christ doesn't just refer to the person Jesus, the anointed one, but also the anointing. Meaning the, the, the power and spirit that was on him. Christ would dwell in your, what? In your hearts. That's not talking about your physical blood pump. That's not talking about the physical heart. Did you know that? That's not talking about your physical heart. That's talking uh, still about your inner man. Your, your heart, your spirit, like we'd say, uh, if somebody cut down a tree and said, uh, this is the heart of the tree, they're talking about those rings on the inside. Or if you slice open a watermelon, which you get in less trouble in California if you slice open a watermelon than cut a tree down. You understand that. Colorado, we're the same way. We all tree huggers. And long live the trees, the mighty redwoods and all that. I'm, not, I'm all for them. <laughs> but how many know you cut a watermelon and, and, and the heart of that watermelon, what is it? It's the innermost part, which is the juiciest part and the best part. Your heart is your inner man. It's your innermost being that Christ dwells in your heart. Not talking about the person of Jesus, but the spirit of Jesus dwells in your heart by faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth of height and, and the height, and to know the love of God that passes knowledge. What's the 19th verse say? That you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Anybody's Bible actually says what I'm quoting? Yes. That you might be filled with all the fullness of of God. I am going to borrow your amplified translation there because I see you have it. Yep. Oh, my Lord, this is so written on. I don't know. <laughs> you, you know, you know what people say? A dirty Bible is the sign of a clean life. So that's good. <laughs> the 19th. Oh, my Lord. I mean, seriously, Pastor Molina, you should have left some of the actual print. <laughs> this is good and marked up. OK, here. Here we go. Here we go. Verse 19, you want to hear verse 19 in the Amplified is outstanding. It says that you may really come to know practically, practically, practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. That you may be filled through all your being. Unto all the fullness of God. See, and Pastor Molina wrote spirit, spirit being, spirit being. So, so I'm right. (laughs) That you might be filled through all your being unto all the fullness 
of God. And then it explains here what that means, all the fullness of God. May have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Now, if this were true, it would be amazing. Is the why? Why did you not? You should have said, "Crucify him, crucify." Him. I, what was I reading? The Bible, and all they amplified was was they used as many words as needed to actually show what the Greek says. If that's true. That's amazing. This was Paul's prayer for the Ephesian church. And nowhere in this prayer do I see, do I see anything about I'm bowing my knees to the Father that this might happen someday in heaven. Was he praying that this would someday happen in heaven? No, he's praying that you'd see and partake of what's available for you right now. There is nothing about this Christian life that is just normal human experience. And meaning there's nothing natural about the supernatural Christian life. Christianity, if it's anything, it's one change after another where you and I conform to the image of Christ. That means you and I are actually to become just like Jesus. And I mean, these verses we just read, which we have to read them again because you're not excited about it yet. I'm just, listen, listen, I've just been doing this long enough to know I could go on, but what's the, what's, what's the good of that? My, my job is not to get through material, you understand. In fact, I didn't even bring any notes because I want to look at you and see if you're getting it. And if I just get blank stare after blank stare, we're going to go over it again until it's not just a stare, but it's in there where it's, where it's real to you. Amen. I thought you were going to lay hands on everybody. I thought you were going to. I, I, it is my desire on your church anniversary to leave you with deposits that you can draw on for the rest of your life. Yeah, that could come through laying on hands. We might even do some of that at some point. But I'm just saying, uh, we, we want to get this. Because if you're going to be good at, if you're going to be a spirit being, you have to be spirit filled. Filled. Now, this bottle of water is full. Pastor's bottle of water and this bottle of water, and what do y'all do here, man? <laughs> this, this bottle of water, empty, almost empty, almost empty, full. Now, go ahead, clean up. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, sir. Um. It's possible to 
be filled with the richest measure of his divine presence. Talked about being filled with all the fullness of God. Didn't it say that over there in Ephesians 3? If it's possible to be filled, is it not possible also to be not filled? Which would be empty. Right? And notice it said filled with the richest measure of his divine presence, wholly filled and flooded with God himself. And Paul was saying this is, this is not just Paul's desire, but this is God's desire for his people. Friends, Christianity has been misrepresented. Not malicious, I don't mean maliciously, but it's been represented that the highest flow of Christianity is you and I, living for God. And that's not the highest flow of Christianity. Is it right to live for God? Sure. But what we've majored on is, you know, doing good, uh, getting involved in the community and doing kind of like, you know, Christian community services, outreaches, this and that, and we're living for God. But here's the thing. Did Jesus have to come and die for any of that? No. I mean, in the Old Testament, under the law of Moses, they could do good works. They could actually live for God. They could be godly under the Old Testament. Uh, the, the, the few times that they actually obeyed instead of disobeyed. Right? The, the, you could live for God without Jesus ever coming and shedding his blood. Right? You could do good works, right? You could be a good person without Jesus ever shedding any of his blood. And so, I mean, if that's, if that's the pinnacle of Christianity is just to live for God, uh, you know, and, and do good works, then why did he have to go through what he went through? Because there's something bigger in God's sight than you and I living for God. It's not just that he wants us to live for him. It's he wants to live for through you he wants to live through you that's why we're the temple of the holy spirit is anybody with me here to church we're his temple and he wants to go to different places in the earth through you and he wants to talk in the earth through your lips and he wants to look around through your eyes. I'm not saying he can't see. We understand he can see everything, right? We know that. But, he, but still, he wants to live through you. And the way he does that is he fills you with enough of himself that when he makes a demand on you, it's the easiest thing in the world for you to just yield to him, speak for him, act for him, And that's how his will is done on earth as it is in heaven. Understand this, you know, we have an enemy. Do we not have an enemy? Uh, God's not the only spirit being out there. Satan is also a spirit being. And he's active in the earth and he's a deceiver. But do you understand that if nobody on earth yielded their mouth or their actions to Satan, he would be silent in the earth and what a day that would be he for satan to do what he desires to do he needs somebody to speak his word and yield to his actions 
He can't do his will by himself. And most of us believe that readily because we all have, you know, extreme examples of, of, of this perpetrator that did this and this person that blew up this building and this person. And, and you, and you understand, uh, people always get um, on the news media, you know, somebody went into a school and shot people at different, at different times, happens dozens of times a year usually. And they say, well, how could somebody do that? Well, that's the easiest question in the world, how somebody can do that. They yielded to a demon because nobody right-minded would do that. It, it has to be somebody that's, it has to be somebody that's deranged, but deranged be, because they've been deluded, because they've been deceived, and because they've yielded to the enemy. So we're all, we're all on the same page in the body of Christ that the, the devil's real. And if the people wouldn't yield to the devil, we'd be in much better shape. We'd, and we'd, and uh, well, really, that's what heaven's going to be. You know, no, no devil. So why do we think that uh, the devil needs somebody to work through, but God doesn't? Right? And that if God wants to do something, he just does it. Never has. So why do we think that's the way he works now? No, just as the enemy needs people to yield to him and speak his words, God needs people speaking his words and acting on his promptings. Yes. Amen. Amen. But here's the thing. You're not going to yield to God if you don't recognize the movement of God. And you're not going to recognize the movement of God if you live spiritually empty. Remember we talked this morning about uh, how I hath not seen Ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God's prepared for those that love him. But God has revealed them to us by his spirit. And you have most of the body of Christ saying God doesn't, God doesn't reveal anything by his spirit. Well, you might try reading 1 Corinthians 2 because it clearly says he does. But have you noticed this, that God doesn't reveal things to you by his spirit when you're not in touch with his spirit? When you're living, the, remember we talked about the carnal, spirit, the, the spiritual person, the carnal person, and the natural person, right? The natural person is the person that's not born again. And we said to you that for, for all purposes of being used of God, the natural person and the carnal person are the same. They're flesh ruled, not able to even recognize the promptings of God. So too, when you live spiritually empty, God could be moving, but you're not in a place to pick up on that. So what we want to do is we want to be like what verse 19 says, a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Wholly filled and flooded with God himself. The richest measure of the divine presence. Does that sound good to you? You know how to get the richest measure of the divine presence? You need to respond to every measure of God's presence. And if you'll respond to the slightest measure of God's presence, you'll experience more of God's presence. And if you just keep responding and keep yielding to God's presence, then you'll get to where you're experiencing the richest measure of God's presence. What is the richest? What are we talking about? Rich measure. Uh, have you ever eaten anything that was rich? Yeah. For example, what? 
Cheesecake. Oh, Jesus, we hadn't eaten yet. Cheesecake. What else? Chocolate cake. Chocolate cake. And what do, what, when something is rich, what do you do while you're eating it? You're responding to the richness, right? Because nobody's eaten rich chocolate cake and just woofed it down and 10 minutes later said, you know, that was rich. No, what do you do? While your mouth is full, you're like, oh my God, this is so rich. Why, 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 what is it that makes it rich? It's tangible. You bite it and it bites back. It's tangible, right? There's a, there's a tangibility to it that makes it, wait a second, there's, there's a presence to this. There's a presence to this chocolate. You hear what I'm saying? There's a presence to this chocolate. There's a present. Hello. There's a presence to this cheesecake. I don't eat those foods anymore. It's a modified David Ingalls song that we, yeah. Praise him. Rich. The rich measure. So God desires to flood your life with rich measures of his presence. Now, when his presence is rich, it's very tangible. There's a, can I say it this way? There's a density to his presence. There's a weight. There's a heaviness to his presence. I mean, you think about, you think about now when his presence manifests, that's what the Bible calls the glory of God. And the Bible, even here in this passage, and we haven't even looked at other passages yet, but just in this passage, it talks about the riches of his glory, the manifestation of his presence in a rich, overflowing form. How many know you can sense? In fact, let's just do this right now because it's not weird. Are you born again? Does God live inside you? Just close your eyes for a second and focus on him on the inside of you, on his presence. And what I suggest you do is actually praise him a little bit and just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your presence, for the measure of your presence that I sense now. Thank you for helping me to experience more and more of that. Did you now look up here? Did you sense God? Could you sense God when you did that? He's in you. He's in you. Amen. And he wants to flood your life with his presence. Yeah, yeah, he does. Wants to flood your life. What do you think will happen to your fleshly struggles when God floods your life? Huh? What do you think will happen to them? Less struggle? Huh? Well, you know, I just deal with these. Uh, I'm not talking about anybody in particular, but you might say, I just deal with these nicotine cravings. What do you think will happen when you're so full of God? Huh? The, it, it, your flesh has to take a back seat and you just don't want it anymore. Amen. No condemnation if you, if you do and you're yielding. I mean, I'm not condemning you from that. I mean, when I, we, our church that I pastored in Buffalo, New York, I mean, you dismiss service. I mean, half the church would go outside and light up. <laughs> That's just who was coming. You know what I mean? 
How many know, how many know tobacco is nobody's biggest problem? <laughs> and it's not going to keep you out of heaven. Just make you stink while you're here. Right? And not good for you. But, uh, <laughs> and we didn't encourage you to understand. That wasn't like, a, we weren't like trying to tell people to smoke. I'm just saying, uh, when you get full of God, when you get full of God, and how do you get full of God? A couple things you do. Number one, you, re- you, you learn to develop an awareness of his presence. Develop an awareness of his presence. If you go for hours and days at a time, don't even think about the Lord. I don't think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me. <laughs> well, if you don't think about him, you won't sense him. And what kind of relationship is that anyhow? You know, any, any, any married folk, how does it work when you go for days at a time living in the same house and don't acknowledge each other and you look at me and you say oh it's you does that work good uh, come on you're, you're looking so holy I mean you, y'all I'm not gonna pick on you it's their 15th anniversary I mean how's that work for you guys I mean uh, that don't that, no bueno no bueno right what does there need to be there needs to be interaction right because you ain't experiencing a rich measure of, of your spouse's presence. It's what we want, guys. Come on. It's what, it's what we live. No. You, you, you want to experience fellowship, intimacy. And uh, when you, that, that all begins with an awareness of your spouse's presence. Huh? You're aware and, and aware of what they like and what they dislike. And if mine is watching tonight, she might be saying, well, why don't you do it? Well, I'm, I'm just preaching it. I'll get to it. I'm just preaching it. And I'm not the best. I'm just not saying I'm the best. But, I mean, there are times if we've been out of town or she's coming into town or whatever, I'll go, I'll go by and get a nice big thing of flowers and get some flowers out there. What am I doing? I, I'm, I'm, de- I'm developing an awareness. And I'm, I'm making preparation for her presence. Why? Because I, I don't want a cold relationship. Huh? And then you respond to each other. You respond, right, to your spouse's presence. And don't act as though they don't exist. Guys, I'm helping some of you tonight. I'm helping, I'm helping some of you tonight. You're like, really? Yes, really. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I know some of you is like, well, I told her I loved her uh, when we got married. If it changes, I'll let her know. No, no, that, don't, that doesn't work like that. It doesn't work. They need to hear it continually. They need to hear continually. Gentlemen, gentlemen, listen to me. Listen to me. I've learned some things over the years, some things by trial and error, some things just by error, some things just by trial. Tell them, tell, tell them continually, like I mean at least daily, that they're beautiful. You might say, what if she's not? We walk, 
We walk by faith, not by sight. Tell them all the time. You think I get an amen from even the ladies, but tell them all the time. You're, you're beautiful. Tell them all the time. I love you. You might say, what if I don't feel like it? We walk by faith, not by what we feel. Huh? Tell them they look nice. You, what, what if they don't? We, we walk by faith. You didn't know that's why that verse was in there. We walk by faith, not by sight. <laughs> and if they say, does this make me look fat? <laughs> we walk by faith, not by sight. So just lie and say, never. Say, so you always look beautiful. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. Now, your mileage may vary. You can modify that as it, as it works for you. But what are you doing? You are, you are continually aware of the fact that it's not just you living there. Oh, we have rescued some marriages tonight. Yes, we have. You're con- there's a continual awareness, right? And then there's not just awareness, but there's response. A response. Now, now, gentlemen, again, look up here, sir. She says something to you. You can't just grunt. Uh, uh. That's not a response. She wants to know that you acknowledge. She, she wants to know that you received. Amen. My wife's like, well, why ain't you doing it? I'm, go- I'm <laughs> preaching to myself. Faith comes by hearing. I'm going to be a doer of the word I'm preaching. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the same. It's, and listen, what if you, what if you continually respond? Uh, what if you're continually aware of her? What, what, if, you, what if you're daily and, and continually... Uh, Speaking good things in, in your marriage. What, what, what happens? What happens? There, there's, a, there's a closeness that occurs, right? An interaction. There's an interact. There's interaction that occurs. And there's what we call levels of intimacy that other, that other couples, they, don't, they just don't have that. They'll, they'll, they just don't have that level of intimacy, and communion, and oneness, and God wants the same thing. The, the illustration of a husband and wife is, this, is, Paul said, I'm talking about Christ and the church. That's what he wants with us. Yes. You might say, I just want tacos. I know you do, but we, <laughs> we, we, can't get you, we can't get you full of tacos till we get you full of God. Yes. Filled, 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 filled with the richest measure. And the thing is, if you ever really experience the richest measure of, of the divine presence, it would so mess you up in a good way that you won't want anything else. You won't be satisfied with anything else. There's a band. Uh, 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 I grew up as a musician, of course, and 
there's a band out of Oakland. They're still in existence. They've been around for over 50 years. They're called Tower of Power uh, uh, in the musical genre known as funk. Funk band, Tower of Power. And they had a song in the, I think in the 1980s, at which I heard it and I thought, man, this is, I wonder if these guys are Christians, which, which it's not a Christian band. Because I liked the song and it reminded me of being full of God, but I realized it was a song about drug abuse. And it said, it said, once you get a taste, there's no turning back. You can be on your own or you can run with a pack. I mean, it is a rocking funk song. Once you get a taste. I mean, in all the vocals, it's really, really good. And I thought he was talking about Jesus. <laughs> he was talking about heroin. <laughs> Or whatever drug they were talking about. But how many know if you get, you get a taste of the rich measure of God. You're like, I, I just, just give whatever. Uh, you know, in, in, in the natural, how many know there's times where uh, if you have to have some kind of procedure done, um, maybe you go to the dentist and they're, they're talking about how we got to take wisdom teeth out or something like that. They will, they will give you something. To make the whole process more enjoyable, <laughs> less painful. And what do they do? They'll give you a measure of whatever drug they're using. And, and used to be back in the day, remember, they'd give you laughing gas. What is that stuff in? Uh, I don't know what the chemical name for that. Do any, any of y'all know? Nitrous, nitrous oxide. Is that the laughing gas? Yeah. Nitrous oxide? You can tell I'm, I'm real educated. They give you laughing gas. And what are you doing? You're enjoying the rich measure of that substance. And while that's going on, things are being extracted from your life that'll cause you a problem if you, if you leave them there. And God will do the same thing. I mean, God will bless your life with rich measures of his presence. And while you're enjoying his presence, he's extracting hurt. He's extract, come on, he's extracting all kinds of pain from, from what this person did to you and what that person did. To you. And instead of crying and, and uh, you know, screaming under the pain of that surgery, of that extraction, you're, you're enjoying the presence of God through it. Yeah, you're enjoying the, the measures of the presence of God. Amen. Amen. And you're like, just give me more of that. You take out anything you want out of my life. How many know that sometimes there's things that need to be put into your life? Right? And he'll give you measures of his presence. You know, let, let's give you just one example of this from the word, can we? I mean, you know, we didn't exhaust this passage here. That's for sure. But uh, praise the Lord. Part of my job as a traveling minister is open all kinds of cans of worms and leave them open. So that the pastor has to come and close them all. Amen. I, I don't give you homework. I give them homework. You know the second chapter of Acts. You familiar with glory to God? Woo! You familiar with the se glory to God, the second chapter of Acts? I, you know, I sense his presence just getting uh, multiplying in density in here. Yeah. Glory to God. You might say, I don't sense anything. Respond to what you do sense. And if you don't sense anything, just know that by faith, he's in you and he's in the room. And uh, 
I, I mean, just respond to him with, with worship and praise even under your breath. Amen. Amen. The more you respond to him, the more you sense him. The greater you'll sense him. If you don't respond, you'll just leave thinking those people are nuts. We don't know, what, we don't know what's wrong with them. So over and in, in, uh, you, praise the Lord. Over in Acts, the second chapter, it said when the day of Pentecost was fully come. How many know the day of Pentecost came every, every year? That was a Jewish feast day. But this day it fully came. You're wondering what's wrong with them. They're sensing measures of God's presence and responding to it. Amen. While he's doing surgery, putting things in, taking things out. Don't stare at them. You respond to God. You respond to God. He'll bless your life with his presence. Hallelujah. Yes, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Right? Have you taught them what that means when it says they were all in one accord? doesn't mean they were all stuffed into the same little Honda. That's not the accord we're talking about. They were all with one. In other words, they were all in agreement. They were all, all with one accord in one place. And the Bible says, and suddenly, suddenly. Now to, to, to them, it seemed like it happened suddenly. But you know, from God's standpoint, his, his goal since creation was to fill man with himself. And he was able to do it with Adam and Eve until they sinned. And, and then man died spiritually. And now they're spiritually dead for years and years and years. But God's desire, how many know Jesus wasn't like a last minute afterthought? He, it wasn't God sending an ambulance to a wreck. You know what I mean? He was, he was the Lamb of God slain before, help me preachers, before the foundation of the world. And so, uh, glory to God. So he, it was God's desire for what happened on the day of Pentecost to happen and it was always his desire and for them it was suddenly but for God you got to believe that for God it was finally finally (laughs) finally he finally we get to we get to actually live through man now these people were already believers they were already believers they were already born again I could take you to John and Luke and and prove to you from the scripture that they had already received Christ. But this was exper- an experience called the uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus had said, uh, one comes after, John baptized with water, but, uh, I'm sorry, John the Baptist had said, I baptize with water, but one comes after me. He'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Yeah. So suddenly, suddenly, there came a sound from heaven. I like sounds from heaven, don't you? There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing, mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. How many know God's presence can fill the house? Amen. I tell you, I mean, just during praise and worship this morning and then tonight again, I mean, I just, I could sit sit like a mist filling up the room. I could sense measures of God's presence. 
And the more we, the whole congregation responded to him. See, if we all respond in one accord and in one spiritual place, from one spiritual place, we will get greater manifestations of his presence. You might say, well, God's not a slot machine. He doesn't just do what you just No, no, friends, this is not us trying to get him to do something. This is us cooperating with what he always wants to do. It's not God's plan that he be confined in heaven. He wants to invade the earth. And that happens as his people yield to him and respond to the measures of his presence. That's why when, some, when the individuals are up here leading worship, first of all, if you're going to be up here, you've got to be full of God. You can't show up empty. You can't come to church empty and then get up and one empty person say, are you ready to praise the Lord? The presence. Come on now. You, you can't be empty. you got to come full and then get more full. Yes. Filled with the, rich, the richest, the richest, the richest, the richest measure of his divine presence. You eat that chocolate cake, you're like, oh, mm, yay, woo, yay. And I'm telling you, when you sense, you sense God moving on the inside of you, you're like, whoa, hey. So that the whole building was filled, right? Filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat on each of them. Do you know that God's presence can sit on you and seem like fire on the inside of you? Anybody ever experienced the fire of God sitting on you? Woo! The fire of God sat on each one of them. And what's verse 4 say? And they, they, they were all filled Yes, brother. Yes, brother. <laughs> it, I mean, it would so help. I mean, it would, I, I can't force you to look in the Bible. I mean, just this is God. This is God. They were all filled. They, they, they who? All who were together in one place, in one accord. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, some, I mean, they got so full sitting there in that upper room. They got so full there in the upper room that they had to go out for air. I mean, the, I'm telling you, God's... Uh, there's something in the scientific realm, and I know very little about any, any of this. I'm just telling you that ahead of time. But I do know about the scientific law of displacement, right? Which says something to the effect of two substances can't exist in the same space. And if you, you how many know that if you have, uh, if you have milk in a glass and you start putting water in that glass, and you just keep pouring water in that glass, see that water will displace the milk, right? And it'll go out, and the presence of God is, uh, when it manifests, 
It's tangible and, there, and, and it will displace other things in the room. Illustration, you'll remember when they dedicated Solomon's temple. And it said the glory, they be, when they began to all lift their voice in one accord, singing and praising. The Bible says that the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister. Why, why couldn't they? It's, was it that I just can't stand ministering here? No, that's not what it meant. When it said they couldn't stand, it meant they physically couldn't stand to minister. Yes, yes. All the priests in this case were waiting uh, on the Lord and they couldn't remain standing. Yes. Why? The manifestation of God's presence in the natural realm displaced them. Yes. And their ability to stand up was they, their legs got cut out from under them. So if they weren't standing, what were they doing? Laying. And I'm still trying to get an artist to paint me a picture of this scene. Because I want to see, I want, because they had all the instruments. They had, they, this was the most choreographed service in the history of Israel. The dedication of Solomon's temple. That took 40 years or so to build. The, the, the service was being planned for years. How we're going to step in, how we're going to move, where these are going to go, where these are going to go. And they, they got to praising the Lord and saying, for the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. And it said the house, the, the house filled up. Can you imagine this? God ruined the most choreographed service ever. The, the most planned service ever. God's presence came in and he did not care about their plans. And you have priests laying Everywhere you have musicians with their rear end in the bass drum. <laughs> Come on now. I mean, I mean, you have instruments that are flying. You have people laying on top of people. Why? Because the presence and the glory of God displaced them. Yeah. Well, how many know the presence of God just in you can manifest in such a way that it starts displacing things? Yes. Right? And that's exactly what happened here. They went outside. And all of the religious people, do you hear that? All of the religious people there on the outside. They looked at him and they said, these guys have been hitting the bottle. <laughs> Didn't they say that? Yeah. What verse is it where they said that? Verse 13. Ver verse 12 says, and they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another. See, so you're not the only ones. They, you, they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying to one another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. Why did they think they were full of wine? Because something had displaced their ability to move right, to think right. If they thought they were full of wine, what do we call that? Being drunk, right? Have you ever seen a drunk person? What are some characteristics of that drunk individual, huh? What do they make them do if they stop you driving on the side of the road? I don't know if they still do this, but they used to, what they used to make you do? Walk the right, is that for me to stop preaching? Huh, is that my timer? 
No? Okay, because it, it rang the same time this morning. <laughs> Those pesky kids <laughs> keep calling it just the wrong time. Listen, friends, listen. What do they do on the side of the road? When, they, when you get out of your car and you say, no, officer, I hadn't had, I hadn't had anything. Ossifer. <laughs> I, hadn't, I, hadn't been, I, hadn't been, I hadn't been drinking anything. What's he make you do? Get out of the car. Why does he want you to get out of the car? So you can show him how sober you are. Right? What do you do? You get out of the car. And they're like, okay, thank you. Blow into this thing. <laughs> and they take, you, they take your keys. And they take, you, they take you into Central Station. Come on now. Why did they think that these people were full of new wine? Because they were so full of the rich measure of the divine presence. And had been responding to that. They were so full of it that the presence of God displaced their natural ability to stand, their natural ability to, hello? I mean, to where people said, These, this, look at this group. This group is, is drunk. You know they were loud. You know they were loud. First of all, if you were trying to represent Christ with dignity, and this happened, you would like, nobody go outside. There's a, there's a group of seekers out there. There's a group of... We, no. <laughs> ah, it's okay. And they're like, Peter, you can't. And Peter's like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> and he worked. He got, he got, his, he got himself up. And by the Spirit starts to preach. How many know Peter could barely put two right statements together before that? <laughs> and he preaches the most masterful Bible quoting sermon wow. that you've ever heard. Yes. Amen. What did he do? Responded to, responded to his presence. Yes. Responded to him. Yes. Responded to his manifestation. Hallelujah. 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 And so, say, ha, 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 ha. Right, right, ha, ha, ha. Right now, the, woo. Right now, the presence of God is in this room. Amen. And if you'll respond to His presence, you'll experience the manifestation of His presence. It's not psychological. This is not psychological. It's spiritual. It's spiritual. If you respond, you'll experience Him. If you choose not to respond, you won't experience Him. And you'll say, these people were just crazy. And you may be right. I may be crazy. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I'm just going to respond to, yeah, I'm going to just respond to the presence of God right now. And one of the, one of the things you'll notice about a, a, a person that's had too much alcohol, they're happy. The reason they're happy is they've drowned their, they've drowned their sorrows in the bottle. Problem with doing it with alcohol is your, pro, your problems can swim. Amen. And they'll come back up when you're done. But you drown your problems in, in the presence of God. Glory to God by responding to God. Hey! So it'd be okay to shout. It'd be okay to praise Him. It'd be okay to rejoice. It'd be okay to laugh a little bit. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, we thank you, Father, for my. 
My, 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 for measures of your presence. Thank you for flooding these people with your presence. Thank you that we're wholly filled and flooded. Wholly filled and flooded. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Hey, ha, 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 ha. You might say, I don't feel anything. You don't have to feel anything. Just by faith rejoice. Just by faith give Him praise. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Ha, 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 ha. Woo! The presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord. In rich, overflowing measure. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Once you get a taste, there's no turning back. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. Mom, yeah, take it. Ha, ha, ha. Glory. 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 Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. Yeah. Now, where my uh, where where my wife is from and where we pastored for a number of years, Buffalo, New York, she has a lot of family up there. And some of them are world champion drinkers. I mean professional. You know, when, when, a, when, a person, uh, when a person does certain things real seriously, you understand, how many know they start to get equipment, their own equipment for things? Like, if you ever, uh, how many here, just by a show of hands, how many have your own bowling ball and your own bowling shoes? Nobody in this place. See, everybody in my wife's family has their own bowling ball, custom made, and their own shoes. Several pairs, several balls. Why? They're serious about it. And then a lot of her family has their own drinking paraphernalia. And so we went to uh, her cousin got her cousin got married up there a couple years ago. And they all they all pulled out their own drink cozies. They, they call they call them cozies or koozies, whatever they call them. And there's these foam things that your beer goes in. How many know you're serious if you come to a you come to a party with your own equipment? I don't know about you, I brought, so I brought some of God's presence with me. And the thing, the thing about some of my wife's relatives, and you know what, listen, they're good people, just let them drink. They're good people, they're sweet, man, and they'll, they'll come up, they'll come up, and, and uh, they're, all, they're all kissing relatives up in the Northeast. We don't shake hands, we us all, listen, I, I, I used to hang around there, and I, was, I told you I was a professional musician for a lot of years. I was the only non-Italian in the saxophone section in this band. I was the only name that didn't end in a vowel. So there was Militello, Andalina, Trebuzzi, Todini, and Siegel. Sound like a bad law firm. But each one of those guys, you see these guys? These guys, these guys, they'll come up. I won't do it to you because you probably don't want it. Everybody, and all their relatives, they kiss. Why? Because they all lit up already. 
And, and they didn't start drinking when they got to the wedding reception. Because they first had to sit through a Catholic ceremony. And you don't want to do that sober. Come on, if, you, if you're going to Mass, you want to be juiced. You want to be lubricated. So that they start, and I'm totally, I'm, I'm not lying. I'm as serious as can be. They had a drinking party before the service. And they're so serious about it. And wanting to be responsible that they rented a school bus to drive them to the, to the church. <laughs> We've gotten so many sermons out of this one wedding. They drove them from the, from the house on this farm. I mean, they had, they had this whole outdoor grove just built for drinking. And so we, they, I was there. They drank there. I had me a ginger ale or a lemonade or something, something like that. And uh, they drank there. And then, they, and then somebody said, oh, I got the koozies and passed them out to everybody. <laughs> That was Cousin Luann, or Aunt Luann. Yeah, she's, uh, she's serious. She's ser- well, bartender, you know, so, so she would have, she knows the right equipment. And then we all got on the school, they all got on the school bus. We didn't, we drove, our, we drove our rental vehicle. They all got on the school bus, and they had the bus take them to the ceremony, and they, we sat there through the ceremony. <laughs> the mass, we had mass. And if I, if I can say so, it was one of the better Catholic masses I've been to. You know, I mean, a wedding. How, how bad can it be? So they have a funeral service for a wedding. But anyhow, that's what a mass is. And then uh, back in the bus, and then we're going over to the place we rented for, for, the, uh, for the party. They didn't start drinking seriously until they'd already been doing a whole lot of drinking ahead of time. Why? Because they, these are professional drinkers. You can't just one sip, doesn't, one little dose, is, that's not enough. One little sip doesn't do you. They, that, what is it? They, it? How many know you can't drink a six-pack in ten minutes? Right? It takes time. It takes time, so you've got to allow many hours of just drinking and drinking and drinking. And what does that equate to for us? Responding and responding and rejoicing and praising and worshiping, and just enjoying, yeah, enjoying His presence. And while we do that, His presence increases and multiplies in density and becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. And by the end of the night, at that wedding, you didn't need to ask who'd been drinking and who hadn't been drinking because you got people standing up to do karaoke, shouldn't be singing. Shouldn't be singing ever. You got people doing moves on the dance floor. Shouldn't be happening. Not that in public. Nope. You got people that took layers off that you should have kept the layers on. Right? You got people doing all kinds of stuff. Why? Because they, they were getting into the richer measures of inebriation. But I just tell you, I'm not afraid. If they can do that, if they can do that, and then the next morning have a headache and be, and be puking in front of the toilet the next morning, if you can do that, then we can come to church on the 15th anniversary, bless God. And I'm just not ashamed to rejoice. And I'm just not ashamed to respond to the presence of God. Amen. And if it gets richer and richer and richer, that's okay with me. 
That's good with me. Can somebody shout glory to God over here? Hallelujah. 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 Glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 glory. Ha. Ha 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 the richest measure, the richest measure of the divine presence, the richest measure of the divine presence. Ha 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 ha! Whoa, glory, glory, glory to God, glory to God. Woo, glory! Ha 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 ha! You got something you want to sing or anything? <laughs> Hallelujah. Ha 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 ha. Whoa, 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 whoa. Woo, 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 whoa. Yeah, do that. Do that. Do that. Do that. Yeah. Respond. 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 Ha 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 ha. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Ha 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 ha. Oh my 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 my. Yeah 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 yeah. Minister to anyone you want. Do anything you want. Act like it's your church. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Ha, 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 ha. Whoo, glory. How many would say you sense God's presence? Amen. You sense His presence on the inside. I'll tell you, the more you respond to His presence, the more you'll sense His presence. Amen. And when we're together like this, friends, when we're together like this and we all respond together, that multiplication becomes more dense and more dense. And it's a help to you. It's a help to you. Amen. We must not only develop spiritually, we must be spirit-filled. Ha, 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 ha. Glory, 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 glory. Father, we're grateful. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, your presence is amazing. Glory, glory, 
Glory. Oh, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Woo, glory, glory, glory. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Woo! Woo, glory to God. Glory to God. Hey, ha, 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 ha. Woo, drinking, drinking, drinking up. <laughs> That's the song I used to sing. He's the one who fills my cup. It's running over all the time. I'm drinking of God's new wine. Ha, 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 ha. Woo, drinking, drinking, drinking up. He's the one who fills my cup. Mm. It's running over all the time. Hallelujah, yeah. I'm drinking of God's new wine. Woo, glory. Drinking, drinking, drinking up. You know, drunk people sing whether they should or not, you know. He's the one who fills my cup. It's running over all the time. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because I'm drinking up of God's new wine. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Drinking, drinking, drinking up. Drunk people forget how many times they sang it. <laughs> He's the one who fills my cup. Ha ha. Woohoo. Hey, hey. It's running over all the time. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I'm drinking up of God's new wine. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for your presence. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your glory manifested in us for the richest measure of the divine presence that we might be a people holy, filled, and flooded with God himself. Lord, get glory to yourself through us. We're not just living for you. You're living through us. Amen. Hallelujah. Didn't get to go very far with this, but get that book filled and, uh, and it would bless you. Praise the Lord, pastors. Ha, 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 ha. Hallelujah. Ha, 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 ha. Hallelujah. Don't, the best, instead of clapping, lift your hands and give him praise. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha. We worship you, Jesus. Glory, 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 glory. We worship you. Ha, 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 ha. We rejoice. And we were like those. Come on, we were like those. We were like those who dreamed. <laughs> and, and our mouths. And our mouths were filled with laughter. Woo! Ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs>